0: Scott and Liam versus Evil So, say you wake up one morning and you have the power of invisibility, what do you do?
1: Well, the f- I mean, that's, that's an easy one, that's absolutely absolute no-brainer, you just uh, break into people's houses and look at them in the nude. Just look at them? Yeah. I mean, because you you, you, you tiptoe a fine line from becoming just uh, a voyeur to becoming a, a rapist. So, yeah. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with uh, getting a wee
0: peek. Is there? I don't know how how fine that line is. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would go full Kevin Bacon and Hollow Man. I would just be raping everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you, it's,
1: it's go big or go
0: home, innit? Huh? Oh, wait. Years and years ago, like, I had a pal, uh, just in case he's listening to this, I won't say his name, but his mum his mom was absolutely smoking. She was, like, the first milf I'd ever encountered, and I always imagined, like, see, if I was invisible, I would sneak into her house and just watch her get dressed. <laughs> and then, obviously, like, as I then discovered masturbation and stuff, I was like, I would just sneak into her house and be like, like, just smell her. And it then got, it started to get out of hand, but luckily, it just, I kept it all in my head, and I've never... I've never been out invisibly raping people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Scott and Liam vs. Evil, episode 84. I'm Liam. And I'm Scott. And if you didn't already guess, or haven't seen the poster that will be uploaded along with this episode, we are discussing, because it's MAPIC, the Invisible Man from 1933. How do you feel about
1: that, Scott? Well... I bought the box set, the Universal Monsters box set that, that this movie was contained within. Um, I had looked at it once before. It was in Sainsbury's when it first came out for £15, and then I never bought it. And you said, that's a good that's a good price for that. And then I seen it on Amazon for like £12, and I thought, you know what? I don't like black and white movies. I don't like old movies, but that's a lot of Blu-rays in one box for £12. I thought, I'll, I'll go for it. Long story short for that, that part is, it came in through the door and the, bo- the the box was a wee bit dented, and there was a wee tear on one of the sides. And I thought that's just rubbish because that just looks crap. So I emailed Amazon, and said, "Look, I'm quite a panicky about my DVDs. I like them to be in good good nick." Uh, and then he says, "Right, do you know what we'll do? We'll just give you it for free." I was like, "Ah, fair enough. I'll take a rip box for free."
0: It's so shit, man. I paid like fucking sixty quid for it when it first <laughs> came out. Hey. <laughs> uh- but I like how even though you don't like black and white movies, you don't like old movies, but just because there's a lot of discs, you bought it. Yeah. Which makes me think, if you ever brought out like a fucking snuff collection, you'd snap <laughs> that shit up, despite how disgusting it is.
1: Yeah, well, as long as there's a poster and a wee book that comes with
0: it. <laughs> a wee poster all but snuff? Aye. <laughs> to us, that sounds like the type of shit I should be watching, uh, according to some of Young Liam's Invisibility Fantasies. <laughs> maybe snuff is just the next progression mm-hmm. that's should I take ah well so the Invisible Man uh, was released on November 13th 1933 and it was directed by James Whale it is part of the Universal Monsters universe was this was this the first one it was not the first right, one ok
1: just checking
0: do you want the trailer then the history or do you want the history and then the trailer of Invisible Man what do you want Scott uh, trailer me first trailer you then here is the trailer for the Invisible Man
2: the top of these age, all around his ears.
1: Flora's worried about Griffin.
2: I had a terrible feeling last night. I felt he was in desperate trouble. He meddled in things men should leave alone. It's not the slightest clue. That's where the clues are. He wasn't leaving anything to chance. There must be a way back.
1: Ah! Gordon knows there's a way back. What are you
2: doing? well? Ah!
1: If only please leave
0: me alone. It's
2: the stranger with the goggles. He's gone mad.
0: You're
2: crazy to know who I am, aren't you? All right, I'll show you. Let me near madness when you're peering through the
0: keyholes and peeping through the curtains. And now you'll suffer for it. <laughs> but why? Why do it, Griffin? Just a scientific experiment at first, to do something no other men in the world had done. Suddenly
2: I realized the power I held the power to rule, to make the world corroborate my feet. You know who the Invisible Man is, Doctor. Where is Dr. Griffin? What's the
0: good of concealing it?
2: Oh, come and stay with us. Let's fight this thing out together. Police, quickly. The Invisible Man is in my house. He's mad. He's killed a man tonight. Believe me, as surely as the moon will set and the sun will rise, I shall kill you tomorrow night. The secret of invisibility lies there in my books. Don't you see what it means? Power. Power to walk into the gold vaults of the nations, into the secrets of kings, into the holy of holies. Power to make multitudes run, squealing in terror at the touch of my little invisible finger. Even the moon. It's frightened of me. The whole world's frightened to
0: death. i lay traps that even an invisible man can't pass. Radio stations now.
2: Watch the wall. Help! Help! He's here! He's here! <laughs> here we go gathering nuts and me on a cold and frosty morning.
0: <laughs> ah, that was good. <laughs> He did that to his last week and I couldn't, I, I couldn't, even listening back, edit, I couldn't stop laughing because it just, it got me just right. Uh, so Universal Monsters, Universal Studios uh, were started in 1912 by Carol uh, Lemley and a few other folk, but Carol Lemley was the kind of, he was the creative genius behind it so he bought out everyone else and in 1915 bought a massive farm and built Universal Studios it was the biggest movie studio in the world and w- at the time
1: when did they build the theme park
0: uh, the theme park was probably about long after that I don't know Scott I don't have the dates for the theme park
1: that's that, will...
0: that's the best part <laughs> Aye, but this is a movie podcast this is not a fucking theme park podcast if you want a theme park podcast go to Scott and Liam versus theme parks
1: I'm already I already follow theme park review on Facebook I'm, I'm up to date with all my theme park uh,
0: needs is that a real thing yeah Theme park review. Yeah. Just one guy going about reviewing theme parks? No, there's like twelve of them. Just twelve of them? Is that is that their job just to review theme parks?
1: Well I don't know if they if they've monetized their social media presence, but yeah, they go and they go to theme parks and review them, yeah.
0: They should because as ridiculous as that sounds, that also sounds like the best fucking job in the world. <laughs> Did it? Wait, <laughs> you prefer to be
1: a theme park reviewer or would you prefer to be a roller coaster tester? Because I think roller coaster tester comes with a certain
0: amount of increased risk. Yeah, a million percent. So you're the first guy on the roller coaster. Yeah, Ab- absolutely not.
1: It's like Danger Night when the Jippos used to bring the the, the, the shows to town.
0: Jippo, <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, is a Scottish slang abusive term for a gypsy. <laughs> and that was Scott that said it, not me. <laughs> uh, so the Universal, where it was obviously silent movies, and. Universal, Carol Lennon, was, was that supposed to be silent? It was talking in mind. No, no, no. I'm getting there. Alright,
1: okay,
0: sorry. You must have been the worst person in fucking history class if you didn't even let them get to the second sentence. Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, let me start again. It was 1912, but... No, nah, I'm joking. Uh, so, as through the 20s, they, they noticed that some of the horror movies that Lon Chaney, Lon Chaney Senior, like, da, Lon Chaney, was in. Uh, with Fat in the Opera and Hunchback in Notre Dame were doing really well so official first talkie kind of sound film was The Jazz Singer in 1927 shortly well, kinda around that period Carol Lemley's son, Carol Lemley Jr or Junior Lemley kind of took over the production side of things he was quite a big fan of horror he, he saw what Lon Chaney's movies were doing and decided that maybe that's the way to go to make money Especially with German expressionism like Nosferatu, which we done a few weeks ago, was horror was still going to be quite a big thing. Transferring to sound, there hadn't, there wasn't a lot of talking sound horrors where there was actually dialogue. So, 1931, they brought out Dracula with Bella Lugosi, which was fucking like. Folk ate that shit up. They they were terrified. They they hadn't seen anything like it. So Carl Emery Junior thought, right, this is this is where we go here. So it he then done Frankenstein, which was the November nineteen thirty one, the Mummy, which was December nineteen thirty two, and then it went to Invisible Man, which we we're talking about, was in nineteen thirty three. It kept going on. In nineteen thirty four, they brought out the Black Cap with Belil Gozé and Boris Karloff, but it was nothing to do with Universal Monsters. In 1935, James Will back, to done Bride of Frankenstein, and it kind of continued on from there. They a, a, a brief period in the middle of it where the Lemmys kind of went away from Universal because they were losing money, they, they weren't as on the ball as they were previous, so it was... Uh, somebody else came in to produce the movies who didn't like horror at all and started doing like musicals and comedies and stuff like that. Anyway, so the horror took a kind of back seat but the original Universal Monster movies were the fucking tits. I don't care what you say, although we're going to get into that, but they were the tits. They were a lot of the acting and stuff in it was people from theatre because they, they didn't have horror actors, they didn't have a lot of movie actors who could do sound. They were all used to silent stuff, so to get somebody who could handle a dialogue and be on screen and act, they had to turn to theatre, which is where James Whale came from directing theatre, Boris Karloff was theatre, Bela Lugosi was theatre, Claude Rains, who's in The Invisible Man, was theatre, and just had a really distinctive voice. Boris Karloff was originally meant to be The Invisible Man, but there was a kind of contract dispute going on Carl Linley Jr. wasn't giving him his full contract and Boris Karloff walked away and just said, nah, fuck it, I'm not doing it. So they got James Whale into direct, who seen Claude Reigns in a play in London. I thought he had a really fucking distinctive voice and they got him in, they did a screen test. They said it was probably the worst screen test I've ever seen. It was awful, like laughable, but James Whale heard his voice and thought, no, that's the guy, like, we don't need MD." to really act because you don't see him for the duration of the film until the very end. So we'll get him. He's a crank voice. Let's do it and Invisible Man came out to absolutely rave reviews. Folk loved it because there's such a there's such a great balance in my opinion between the comedy and the horror. Like there's a lot of kind of dry sarcastic wit in it that Frankenstein didn't really do, Dracula didn't really do and the mummy didn't do. They were they were out and out to terrify. Whereas Invisible Man was kind of will terrify you with this thi- this science thing that you don't understand, but also maybe make you laugh a wee bit. So light years ahead of its time.
1: I was going to ask them because I'm not sure what it is in my notes. I might find them as, as we go through, but I wasn't sure if it was kind of comedic because I'm watching it now. Or because it was meant to be, and it was fit, it was received that way at the time as well.
0: The bit at the the, the beginning, at the bar, Claude Rainsy's character, uh, Griffin, the, the way he deals with the people in the pub, the way he deals with being invisible, and what he gets up to as his kind of mind starts to go, that was all for comedic effect. That was funny at the time, and it's funny now. So, right, we did the reason we did do Dracula to take Scott and the the horror trip. didn't do Dracula, didn't do Frankenstein because Frankenstein's a f- like Frankenstein is so special to me that I can't have him slagging it. <laughs> well not even in a funny way, like I would just actually get really wound up, so at least the Invisible Man, which also I really do love and I don't want you bad badmouth, but I can handle that way better than I could handle you badmouth and Frankenstein. I also don't think it's possible to badmouth Frankenstein that's the fucking reason we're all here, it's because Frankenstein was a fucking brilliant movie and then I do went, do you know what, horror's really cool, let's do that. Uh, so let's go into The Invisible Man, I take it this obviously was a first watch for you?
1: It was a first watch, yes. Can I start off, first off, uh, the movie is sponsored by the NRA with the tagline, We do our part, as like, what, your part with what, murdering hundreds of school kids? In
0: 1933 though. This was before the Second World War, so there wasn't a whole lot of school shootings. The NRA were actually probably still seen as quite a especially obviously in America where people still think that now, but it was seen as quite a kinda of good organization to be a part of and people would take the money off them to finance things to the cows come home because well it's in their fucking fifth amendment. Is it the Fifth Amendment? Uh first. First, I don't know what the fifth amendment is. No, wait, that's wait, how much. I think it's the second. And one of their amendments, <laughs> Americans fucking love guns, man. <laughs> and they're allowed them. So the NRA thing at the time, that's that's not as controversial as it would be now.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, So we start off by seeing uh, a guy kind of wrapped up. You don't really know who he is or anything about him just now. But he sees a sign that says the town's half a mile away. I'm like, walking half a mile in that weather? Aye, good luck, pal. Uh, and then I find out, reasonably uh, soon, I was like, right, good, they're speaking in this one. That's okay. <laughs>
0: Aye, we're now, because we're now in the 30s, it's now, there'll be no more silent movies. That's, you done Nosferatu. Uh, I know you watched Cabinet Dr. Caligari on your own. Yeah. We'll get, maybe get to that in a future episode. But that that's us done with the, the silent things. So at least we're talking now, Hopefully you can relate, and hopefully you can actually start to appreciate what these movies are.
1: So I've, I've, that's time served then, is it? That's the
0: the apprenticeship. No, 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 you're still you're still years away. Okay. As in decades, <laughs> as far as movies go, <laughs> uh, away from finishing your apprenticeship. But you didn't lose for that too. You didn't hate it. That was a good a, a good start. We'll see how we got on with this. But no, you're still you're still very much an apprentice, Scott. Okay.
1: Right. Hey, so the f- the first uh, the first line in this movie is the couple of guys chatting in the bar, and they're talking about um sucking someone's little willy. I don't know. I think I get the tone of this movie way wrong.
0: <laughs> Have you got the line there? No, <laughs> no, I didn't write it down. <laughs> I think they're talking about a man named Willy. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's anything to do with an actual penis. Okay. So then get, you, your mind, get your mind out of the fucking gospel. Okay,
1: so then you move to the other side of the bar and you have a really really shite darts player uh-huh. and then uh, so then he, then the miserable man comes into the bar and asks for a room I think he's told uh, you can't it's too late and he says no give me a room bitch and she says, all right, okay. Uh, that's that's verbatim, that's actually the lines from the movie. Uh, so I was like, he's already invisible then. I says, why would you ever wrap up so people could see you? If I was Invisible Man, it would be a way different, a very, very different movie.
0: <laughs> but how would they go in and get a room it's- if he was Invisible the room yeah. would be set up, he wouldn't be able to get past them and get upstairs and get into a room so he has to cover himself up so he can get away from everybody and then get into a room and start working out how to, how to reverse this invisibility that he's created for himself
1: Yep, it's, a lot of my questions I found out were actually answered just by watching the film for a, for a change uh, so bear with me if I do say anything that you think, well you should know the answer to that because you've watched the film so it is. I'm just going through my notes as they come um, I did. I did notice though, as she comes out the bar and goes through the next wee hatch and goes through the back to the rooms, that uh, all the women are drinking separately in the back room, the way it should be.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I you like you la- you'll laugh <laughs> after it because you know that's that's going to come back and bite you.
1: Yeah, you know I'm just joshing. <laughs> uh Now, what He. It would be. You know. It would be. It would be a really good and easy Halloween costume to dress up as the Invisible Man.
0: Eh. And you know, just wrap yourself in bandages? Yeah,
1: and wear a coat and a hat and a pair of gloves. It'd be quite warm if you were in a nightclub or in a, in a house party or whatever,
0: but it'd still be pretty easy. It's, it would be easy to dress up as a mummy, because it's just the same. No. Because you, you need
1: to wrap your entire body up in bandages with this, you just wrap them up your face.
0: And your hands.
1: No, just wear a pair of gloves.
0: Hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, then
1: I asked why does he have hair sticking on the top of his bandages if he's invisible but that is that is answered later on well I'll answer it now, it's a, a wig I don't know why, why, why does he throw the, the the hassle of putting a wig on?
0: because I don't know Right? <laughs> I, I don't know if it was maybe because of the makeup for the mummy maybe if he didn't have hair through it it would look kind of similar Right? so by, by putting hair in it you see that it is actually a guy behind there they've only put the wig in because obviously if he was invisible the hair would be invisible as well but it's maybe just that he can pretend that he's been burnt or he's disfigured in some way and that's what the bandages are for so at least if he puts a wig on and sticks hair through you know it's definitely him and not a scary mummy Mm, right um
1: so he's he gets in this room like you were saying he 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 rents this room in the bar and he's setting up a, a scientist bench so he can do his experiments And uh, a lab, that's what's called, a laboratory.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I much preferred scientist bench. (laughs) Uh,
1: So the landlady comes in, I think she's bringing them some lunch, I think, uh, which is quite good because nowadays that doesn't happen. You have to go and get your own lunch, whereas back in the day they'd just bring it to you, including the price of your room, that's pretty good. Um, (laughs) So she, she chaps the door and he pretty much tells her to piss off, but she's like, no, you're getting your lunch and that's the end of it. So she opens the door and walks in and she gets a big fright. And uh, she drops the, the tray and she runs down the stairs. Now, you couldn't. She she goes down the stairs and tells her husband, but she didn't really see what she act, She she thought she saw something different, when, which she actually could have seen, because we get to see from the side and it's the bottom of his bandages are off, so his jaw's out, but his jaw's invisible. And actually, for the time, the invisible jaw was not badly done. If it was actually, for its time, it was brilliantly done, in fact. I could imagine, I can fully put myself in thinking people from 1933 were terrified of that, like, thinking that was that was real, or the idea of it was real. Uh, but then I thought, there is going to be a lot of things floating about in strings in this movie, isn't there? With
0: rolling eyes. Did you know the work that went into that? Like, they they basically had the actor wearing a black, kind of, velvet hood. I shot him in front of a black screen. And then they, they had to layer... The different frames there's one of, the, one of the one of the scenes where he's in front of the mirror it's like four different things they've had to film and then layer it up as a picture two film positives and two negatives to make it then look like he's not there the amount of fucking work and the way it actually looks is incredible for 1933 it's it's
1: probably it is obviously incredibly intelligent and really really well thought out and done and it's also like, you could probably follow it from there to green screen, like, to get to where we're at the now, like, the special effects we've got now. If nobody started it, we wouldn't, we would, I mean, today's effects weren't, they didn't just pop out of nowhere, they didn't just, like, invent them straight away, they have developed over, over years, so yeah, it's, it's amazing, like, people have, like, figured it out from the start.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Green screen is just an easy way to do this. Whereas back then, you, you couldn't just colour it in green and impose the thing in. You had to do it manually by picture. So you had to have the background, the, the foreground on top of that with the black velvet thing of his face in between that to make it look like he wasn't there. I think it's it's so... That's why I like all these movies because you watch it and you go, it's fucking fascinating because you can see the workings in each of the bits. Obviously, that's how young like fucking Tom Savini in that got into doing makeup because they watch these old films. They start thinking, "Oh, I can maybe do that at home." Whereas if you watch things, the makeup things now, there's no way you can go into your kitchen and you can do all of that. But with these movies, you—if you had a camera, obviously you did back then—but you could run about with your pals, you could technically do some of this stuff, to some of the makeup effects that they have. You could do this with your friends. And I think that's fascinating.
1: They couldn't obviously do green screen back then because it was black and white, but you obviously aren't following the right uh, Instagram pages if you don't think that people can do modern special effects in their own houses.
0: I, I know that they can, but if you're, a, if you're a 12-year-old boy, you're watching Transformers, you go to your pals, right, I think I know how they just made that fucking lorry turn into a robot. I think we could do that.
1: No, we're going to the park to try and find out if Andy's left porno magazines lying about. Actually, not anymore because you have the internet, so you don't need to go that that, that whole ideas. That whole uh, coming of age adventure is gone for kids these days.
0: Literally coming of age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see see any of the porn you actually found in a bush? Did you ever did you ever jacket to it, or did you just like leave it there and look at it, or did you actually like take it home and just fucking mm-hmm. rip me to off?
1: No, I just left it there. It was mainly just like the star, if I remember right in a park the gyppos left
0: <laughs> you need to stop going against the gypsies man cause no, the, gyp-
1: last... the gypsies left it no <laughs>
0: they, they, last... you know, they threatened to stab me on multiple occasions so why would you then take a podcast and start fucking abusing <laughs> them if anything that, that is a guaranteed one way <laughs> ticket to a stabbing
1: I'm, I'm bigger now though
0: you th- you, the bigger you are the harder you can get stabbed <laughs> but I know we, we found one in a bush we did stay in like a village in Airdrie though, and I, I still don't know where, whoever, the, the guy that left it, bought it because it was fucking disgusting, man. It was just, it was proper 70s bush, but it was like 70s bush that was coming to get you. <laughs> like, oh, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what that was about. If anything, it nearly put me off, woman. Do
1: you think, um, do you think anybody actually goes into the park and says oh right it's my turn now to leave the leave the magazine for the younger boys or do you think it's like some like that? fuck I can't put it in my bin in case anybody sees what I've been reading so I'm just going to chuck it out of the field
0: I don't know the bush we found it in like it was in the school grounds you had to you had to walk quite a bit and put it in that bush so it was definitely left deliberately it was
1: inside your school grounds yeah, yeah. oh that's that's a grooming tactic for a If i have ever heard one
0: well well not unless you, the guy was sitting in a bush watching us which been, case, I very well could have been. He could have been, <laughs> especially in uh But no, that somebody definitely left that there. Del- like, so it was deliberately be found. But who gets who gets the jollies to just leaving porn and bushes for winds'
1: I don't know. There is a lot of weird people out there. <laughs> so anyway, back to the movie. You get a kind of backstory. I think from the other scientists who have worked worked with him to try and figure out like what his plan is and how he's. Def- you find out that he is. Um, created a serum or whatever to make himself invisible and he's trying to figure out how to make himself visible again because then his whole intention is to sell this to whatever country gives them the most money so they can make invisible soldiers and you know rule the world. Um the two scientists are, are discussing him and saying how he's like hey, it was a proper crackpot because they always had the door shut and they uh was like straightforward scientists have no need for closed doors or drawn blinds I was like, I hey, don't you forget it. <laughs>
0: I take it so. Did you get my point at the start that the the kind of very posh, well-spoken dialogue is just because they were all theatre actors?
1: Yeah. I. It's like I mean that. Yeah, that that is the case. But it's also it's like ham acting now because obviously it's a lot more natural nowadays. But yeah, it was totally it was different
0: back then. But if you went to the theatre now, they would all still be talking the same. So it's not really ham acting. It's just a different style.
1: Yeah, because yeah, it's projecting, isn't it? Have you seen the Women in Black on stage? I've not no. Okay, well, I'll, I won't tell me that story then.
0: I think you've told this before, possibly. Have I? yeah. Just tell it anyway. Just spot if you if you've not seen the Women in Black stage show and you you're going to see it in the next couple of weeks, skip ahead for a yeah. minute.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, the story is if you've seen the movie, the story is um, of, like of Daniel Radcliffe the. Uh, the stage show version is Daniel Radcliffe as an old man telling his story to someone who works in the theatre to try and like make a stage show of his story to show his family and show everybody what he experienced. So it starts off um, the the old man is reading out his diary, and it stays quiet because he's not a theatre actor. He's just trying to tell the story across. And somebody in the audience that we were watching was just, like got up and left because like nah straight away. So this, this is within the first ten minutes like nah this is shite, This guy can't act. I'm out of here and, like, <laughs> and it's, part, it's part of the thing because then the boy comes on like walks on like all projecting and ham acting and tells him he needs to like project so that he, the, his voice reaches the back of the theatre and stuff and I thought that, that some pompous fucking idiot just got up and left within five minutes
0: and then he's probably on a fucking podcast somewhere talking about how he went to see the women in black and the guy couldn't act and it was shit and he walked out and it's, it's a shit stage show and he didn't actually stay for the full thing yeah that's the you, fucking problem with people man I know, you wouldn't
1: catch me talking about something I've never seen all the way through. (laughs) Anyway.
0: (laughs) Uh, Did you recognise the the lead doctor? Uh,
1: Which one was the lead doctor?
0: The the guy who's also Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life. I've never seen that film before. Oh my god, man. It's black and white,
1: man. I've never never really needed to watch it.
0: I know, but it makes you... You can't have Christmas without It's a Wonderful Life.
1: I see, people say that, but I can't... There's other movies I watch at Christmas.
0: I bet you can also watch it. I I, I cry on a yearly basis. It, it's a wonderful life.
1: I've seen the I've seen the episode of Beavis and Butthead Head where they parody it.
0: D- does it make you cry? Uh, no. <laughs> Just watch the fucking original. <laughs> okay. But he, he's basically see the every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. He's the angel that gets its wings. Spoiler for at <laughs> the end of it's a wonderful life. <laughs> To be honest, if you're, if you're at this age and you haven't seen it, It's a Wonderful Life, you're a fucking knob, so I don't care <laughs> if I spoiled it, that, that is totally aimed at you, Scott.
1: No, I, d- I did know that, because uh, in the Beavis and Butthead version, Clancy got his wings, so I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's who that is. And do you recognise the our Invisible Man's girlfriend? The the kinda, the Doctor's daughter and his girlfriend, who appears?
1: Flora, I don't, but when you tell
0: me, I will. She is the old woman from Titanic. Oh, Really?
1: I yep. did Wow. There you go. So, oh, I'm, I'm impressed by that.
0: This is one of her first roles, and as we all know, she went on to live till like 102, mm-hmm. uh, which is amazing. She survived the Titanic. She was an yeah. invisible man, and she lived to 102. Yeah. <laughs> she obviously didn't survive the Titanic in real life, just in case MD... She may have. MD, I think she would have known. Hang okay, I think that would come out as a as a known fact that she had survived the Titanic if she did.
1: Yeah, that would probably been a selling point in the actual movie.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. T- Titanic <laughs> survivor.
1: Aye. <laughs> uh, so her name's Flora, yeah, and the, yeah. the she comes in after like the two scientists are talking because one of the scientists is her dad, and she's pretty much been like she's been banging the Invisible Man, so she's upset that he's disappeared. But it's like there's there's like. A, at the end of this scene where she's sitting crying, as like nice shot there after Flora's greeting, where both of them are obscured by a huge vase and even bigger flowers. But that's probably old techniques because I remember they they kind of made fun of these techniques in uh, uh, "Singing in the Rain" because they probably had the microphone stuffed in that vase because the two of them are kind of hunched over the top of it, so they try and obviously catch the 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 lines. So obviously it's like at the start of the beginnings of the talkies, isn't it? Like yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: We were well. The first talkie was 1927, so we well, that's, pretty, oh, that's
1: pretty soon after than this one, isn't
0: it? Yeah, that's it. Well, Dracula was like the first horror talkie horror. That's yep. what I tried to get out in my my historical facts <laughs> at the start. That I kind of waffled on for too long about. <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly. what that will be there'll be there'll be microphones and stuff hidden in it because it was all done on the Universal lot. Yeah, it was all done on the set.
1: Okay, so we we go back to um, what's his name Griffin. Griffin. Yeah. We go back to Griffin in the in the, the inn or in the, the hotel and he's uh, working away in the room and the landlady goes back in. Can't remember what she does, but she does something to make him drop his uh, potions or throw them at her or something. He's pissed off. A whole day's work ruined by a foolish ignorant woman <laughs> like he's quite an angry chap, isn't he? Screaming and shouting about life and death where he should be creeping about looking at folk in the nude and making people believe in ghosts. <laughs>
0: How iconic is that voice, though?
1: Yeah, that is, yeah, that is quite a good voice. Okay. Now, but, but how, this next part, she's a bit hysterical, aren't she? Like, Jesus, holy fuck, what acting? That's screaming. She, like, she <laughs> look, looks at him like an invisible man, and she just looks at I can't remember if she even sees that. and she looks at him. Oh my God, you're invisible. BAAA! <laughs> and out and just has, I think about it again, two seconds later. BAAA!
0: Uh, <laughs> that's how yeah. So, her, uh, her role and the, 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 the man behind the bar that that was all for obviously comedy reasons. So her screaming, yeah. it's over. It is over the top. but It was over the top at the time. So the audience got a wee bit of, kind of comic relief that this woman's frantic and she's freaking out, and it is fucking loud though. Like oh is. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's
1: definitely. I don't know where they've had the microphone like in her bosoms or something because it's so
0: loud when she screams. Okay, because <laughs> I told talking that nineteen thirties horror. You are now reverting to using the word bosoms. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do this full episode?
1: Uh, ye the nineteen thirties dialogue. <laughs> I'll, try, I'll try to. <laughs> you need to roll your arms.
0: <laughs> very well, Scott. Very well.
1: Yes. <laughs> right, 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 so so this I think this is there, th- yeah so she sent up, she sends her husband up basically says go and ch- kick him out or I'm leaving. I'm like come on you're the one that's obviously got the balls here hands why? like you go back up. <laughs> so this we mild mannered uh, land. Man, landman, land, land
0: landlord,
1: yeah. <laughs> landlord gets sent up the stairs.
0: A, a landman would also be a farmer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, I think is he is he fully invisible by this point? I think I've like I've written down that it's it's really done really well, and that that I can imagine scare the shit out of people at the time. So either he's, he takes off his, he takes off does he take off his bandages? I know he takes off his clothes later on when everybody's uh, in the room. the, the
0: landman is basically setting them. Tell him he's got to go out and Claude Rains, uh, Jack Griffin is like, just fucking leave me alone. Get out. Like I- I'm here to get away for a day. Stop your fucking peering eyes. Get out. So the guy's like, well, this is my house. You get it. So Griffin basically grabs him, fucks him down. I think his hands are uncovered. Yeah. Possibly. Uh, and fucks him down the stairs. Which is quite violent. Yeah. For 1930.
1: And then the landlady comes in and just starts fucking screaming again. So they they get the they get the police in, and uh, oh no, all the boys come in. That's where it's all the boys come in, and she sends the posse up the stairs to get them, and uh, and this is when he is this when he starts stripping off further because they're all terrified and they all bolt out and they run out and they get the police in and they all go up, and then he starts stripping off all his clothes. And that's done really, really well. Like, when he takes off his trousers, and he's, he's just the shirt dancing about, and this is, like, he's obviously... This is when you can see there's definitely comic effect, because he's just laughing and, like, having a jolly old time, like, winding them up.
0: <laughs> the movie Invisible Man's based on the H.G. Wells novella, The Invisible Man. A lot of similarities, but obviously there's some new characters as well. But H.G. Wells didn't like about this movie that the, the, the drug... Or whatever it is he's taking was what also made him mental. He preferred it in the book that the, the guy was just a bit of a fucking sociopath and the drugs just kind of heightened that. So, Claude Rains, it's meant to be that the drugs making him to kind of run about, frolicking, laughing, just causing mayhem. That's all because it was made him invisible. But as you say though, how good are those effects?
1: It is, it is pretty good. And then obviously like you've got the part where he's like winding everybody up when he and he runs about the door where the doors are open and shutting. And when he then and obviously the, the landlady starts screaming again. He goes outside and he runs away. And he's running away and he's like he lifts over he lifts like people's hats off and throws them in the river. He throws over a baby pram at one point. It's like it's <laughs> like fuck's sake It's like he's literally up the uh, the terror. And it was like a, a bike driving about and then everyone gets picked up and thrown back at people and it's actually done really well. Like I was I was saying earlier on about how I thought that the it, things would be floating about in strings, and I thought that's going to look so bad by today's standards. But it doesn't. It doesn't look bad at all. It doesn't. You can't see any of the, the strings. It, they don't float like one half is getting lifted higher than the other. Like different times, it, it looks steady. It looks well done. Mm-hmm. So I was actually impressed by what I seen.
0: See, see the bit when he picks up the bike and just throws it at them? <laughs> yeah, like, Take your bike! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he picks up the broom and it's like, here's your hairbrush. And he, say, he says some name. I think that's fucking hilarious because it is just so like, fine, if you want your bike, fucking here, take it. Yeah. And oh, I love it. I love that bit.
1: <laughs> uh, so he gets to a point, I don't know where he is now. I think, he, is this when he's went to see his old partner? Is this when he's he goes to his house? Uh, yeah. At some point he says... Yeah, I think it's, so. He's talking to this new guy. So he's saying, "You're you're going to be my partner. You're going to be the person who who does what I ask you to do because they can see you, and uh, you'll help me get in and about all these different areas to you know to go and cause my mischief or whatever and finish my serum." He says, "I'm frozen of cold." I said, "That's a good point. he would be freezing walking about everywhere with his wang swinging about in the air, sitting with his bare ass crack and all your chairs and cook <laughs> So he asks me get. So he asked him to get a. Uh, all well, he, he says, "Do you have a long bandage, a bathrobe?" and some dark glasses, and some gloves. And he says, yes, I, I do, I have all of those things. I says, well, of course, of <laughs> course you do. So then he goes to get them, but then he, give, he gives them, like, three of, three of four things out of the cupboard, and says, "Right, you go into that room and start putting them on, as if, I can't, I can't watch you putting your clothes on, but go into that room and shut the door to put them on. And he goes back to the same cupboard he was just in and gets the glasses. Like, why didn't he just give them everything all at once?
0: I don't know, Scott. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, they the, getting dressed though could have been because the idea of a naked man on screen although you don't see it but the fact that he's getting dressed or undressed could have been a thing that the, the kind of advisory board weren't happy with because in Sweden when this movie came out they had to put see like where he's walking through the snow and if the, the prints are in the snow they had to still look like he was wearing boots because in Sweden they they. Well, they didn't ban the movie, but they didn't accept the movie because if it was bare feet, it's it's too in your face that this is a naked man. So they didn't accept it. So they had to make it look like it was boots. I smell on it.
1: It's like did I see the scene the first time when he takes off all his clothes when he takes his trousers off? I, you do envision envision his butt. Like <laughs> just, even though you can't see it, you see through him because he's invisible. You just you imagine his butt just standing there. <laughs> Um, so he puts on all his, his new clothes. This is another version of the outfit you could wear for Halloween. It's maybe a bit cooler. Uh, and he is telling his, his partner like the story, and he's telling him what he needs them to do. And he's telling him, you don't uh, tell the police where I am. You raise a finger and I'll strangle you. I'm strong. As like, Hey pal, you're just invisible. Nobody said you gained tons of muscles.
0: I but you, how can you stop somebody strangling you if you can't see their hands?
1: Well, but you know, but like if somebody's strangling you, you know where their hands are. I've I've done my training for my work. I know how to get out of being strangled.
0: So, you're strangling somebody, they go to take your hands off, you're invisible, but you can see their hands coming, so you move your hands off, they go to the back of their neck to get you, you go to the front of their neck and strangle them again. They come and get you, you take it off, and you strangle them for the back. I think yeah, I think I could fight an invisible man. Scott, I don't think you could fight your way out of a fucking paper bag, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he,
1: he. I'm going to go to the gym this year. He, uh, he says.
0: Wait, hold on, we're on. We're near enough two weeks in uh, how many times you be at the gym
1: well not yet because the 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 swimming pool at the gym i go to is shut for maintenance just now and i'm joining the gym through my work and they only start a new like membership on the first of march so i need to wait to the first of march before i can actually start
0: so your your new year new me gym thing doesn't start to three months into the year yeah that's cool at least you're trying i didn't even try this year so at least you're at least you're still pretending that you're gonna better yourself. I've I've gave up straight away. I was like, fuck it. I had an exercise bike, and I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to cycle every night and get some base level of fitness. And the day I thought about it, my brother came and took it back off me. <laughs> so I decided to rather than just to find any other form of exercise, just fucking sack it. Who cares? <laughs>
1: Um, so he's talking to his his partner, right? And he says, uh, "We're we'll beginning a reign of terror. Just a few murders." I thought, "Wow, that escalated very quickly." Like, you know what I mean? It's like I, a minute ago you were talking about finishing your serum, and now you're literally you actually wanting to go and kill people.
0: <laughs> I think that's because obviously, we in the book, it, the, the thing breaks down. Your, your mind, you you become mad. Yeah. So yeah. they're they trying to fit this into like an hour and uh, ten minutes an hour and twenty minutes. So yeah. they just have to get straight into it. Uh, let's start fucking shit up.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the we go back to the the hotel and they've got the police chief or whoever it is coming in to like speak to all the people and they're like oh, he's invisible and cops are I uh, I don't think so. Use are all mental. These are all at it. And then he's back in... The Invisible Man's back in his room and he throws ink at the copper. And they, he could have left them all thinking they were all mad, like... Like, you know, but by doing that he proves he's, he is there. And they everybody runs away and everybody's shiting themselves. And they oh, there she is, fucking screaming again. <laughs> but he, he strangles the police chief and then drops a, a bench on his head. But he's so blasé about it, I killed a stupid little policeman. Smashed his head in. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Jesus... <geez. laughs>
0: That's the thing about it. Nineteen thirty-three. Imagine that. That's <laughs> yeah. that's like fucking so grim. It's so awful because you're meant to respectfully. She can't throw benches at them.
1: Yeah. What I do like is the detail that they've got into and in in explaining the life of Invisible Man when he's talking to his partner about what, um how he needs to go about stuff. He says he can't he can't do anything for half an hour after eating because the food's still visible in his belly. He can't go out in the rain or fog because it causes like a bubble around him and people can see. And he can't see. you can't walk about and get dirt on the bottom of his feet or under his fingernails because you will be able to see it. And he finds it difficult to walk down the stairs because he is invisible to even himself and he can't judge where his feet is landing on the stairs, so he trips up all the time. So this, it's it's quite clever and it's not it's not kind of shoehorned in. It doesn't feel like they're just like giving you all the details. It, it feels like he is actually just. The only Invisible Man who's ever existed, and he's just explaining it straight out in the in a kind of scientific way.
0: Yeah, which is light years ahead of where Hollow Man was with Kevin Bacon. Yeah, so it was just like I'm invisible. I'm going to fuck everything. At no point did it say like he had to wipe up after he fucked things because obviously, in an Invisible Man you would see the jizz hanging off, hanging yeah. off his dick. Yeah. So
1: well, unless, unless it's invisible jizz,
0: but it wouldn't be invisible jizz.
1: As soon as it come- oh well,
0: well, no. I suppose it it, it would be because otherwise you'd see the jizz sitting in the testes, floating <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there. <laughs> anyway, it's better on hollow man. Imagine, Richard. imagine that. Imagine
1: that, like everything, like so. You've you're you're an invisible, man, but only your like actual skin and organs is invisible. So you can see your stomach acid floating, and then further down you can see wee jobbies sitting in <laughs> your your and a wee bag of piss, and then uh, some uh, some jizz in your testes. <laughs> That would be an interesting thing to see walking up and down the street, wouldn't it?
0: That Hollow Man 2.
1: So, this is when people start to, like, they're, they're going mental now because they're like, oh shit, there's an invisible man hiding somewhere in town, we need to get him. This so is what's your plan, folks? Oh, we're going to get 10,000 volunteers to walk about swinging sticks to see if anybody hits him. <laughs> like, I suppose, though, what, what else are you going to do? You can't see him, so what are you going to do? <laughs> But they they tell, they they tell it over the, the news on the or on the wireless and there's just everybody listening to it on the radio so thinking no shit, this is like we better pay attention to this But it cuts to like this is supposed to be half ten at night and it cuts to like a bunch of orphans up and listening to the radio at half ten and they're all looking as if they're about five, six years old. It's like what the fuck's that about? Well, they're orphans, they don't have
0: them that tell them
1: to get to bed. Just the uh, just <laughs> just just the nuns that are abusing them.
0: Yeah, so, you're not going to listen to her anyway. You're going to be like, aye, right, cool, we'll go to bed, sister. And then when she goes out, yeah, you get the radio on and listen for some juicy news. Yeah.
1: Right, so, I think this is when uh, the they get told that he's in Kemp's house. This is his partner, Kemp. And mm. they get told where he is. And they, but it seems as if the police, seems as if they weren't interested in going to Kemp's house to go and get him. Just to be, it was as if they were like, oh, alright, okay. So, and then, how do we find out? So then, uh the main scientist that we've seen earlier on and Flora come to try and, try and help him I was like oh there's Flora gonna suck some invisible dick to get him back on side <laughs> I
0: did I've watched this movie a, a hundred times and at no point did I think oh she's gonna suck some invisible dick
1: <laughs> <laughs> well maybe that's just my, maybe that's just my thing
0: <laughs> I, at the start you said you might have got the tone wrong about, with the movie I think you definitely did Scott because yeah. no invisible dick gets sucked again you're thinking of Hallman oh yeah 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 <laughs>
1: Uh, so the, there's a part as well when he's talking so the invisible man is now Griffin's annoyed that Kemp's grassed him in we're partners aren't we bosom friends
0: <laughs> yeah your actual impression of the drains is very good
1: and then he uh, then he tells Flora that's a funny little hat." <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's just so. it's just so it's
1: actually it's actually quite funny yeah
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> I've no, I have no comment to That's a funny little heart. <laughs> so he's,
1: uh, now what's he doing? He's just, what is he doing? This now he's, he's just fucking about, like completely messing up the town, isn't he? Like everybody's looking for him. He's just, like, he's just playing all these pranks in the police, like, and nobody can tell where he is. He's just slapping folk and like throwing their batons away and taking hats off them.
0: The thing that he, he goes for, which takes this movie fucking beyond any other horror you've seen is he goes into a train, a Stagnoman's office, and derails a train. Yeah. So the, tra- the train just goes clean off the mountain, and the next scene it's like, hundred over a hundred men died on that train. they yeah. are like, holy fuck, he threw a bike <laughs> at somebody 20 minutes ago, and he just derailed a train, killing hundreds. Yeah, I've got uh, clearly
1: a model train,
0: but that's a pretty diabolical act.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Now, is this is this before or after he's put on the trousers and danced about? Yeah, like a bit? Yeah, I
0: think it's it's just after the dancing, yeah. dancing
1: trousers. He dances up the street in the trousers. I was like, this movie is bonkers. It's, it's
0: bonkers. When he's saying this song. It's like, pick the nuts in me, nuts in me, nuts in me. <laughs> um,
1: he goes to he then go he goes from the rail on the train to go to the bank uh, or some kind of shop that he, he robs. A present from the Invisible Man. Money, money, money,
0: money, money, money. <laughs> <laughs> he just starts throwing money. <laughs> so there you go. So he's he's diabolical, and he's also the Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so so so, how does it It comes to that okay, kind of conclusion? The movie. He is threatened to kill Kemp at 10 p.m. specifically, uh, and then the the they get all the police around about Kemp's house, and they get ready, like saying how they'll, they'll notice they've got dust on the on the. Uh, the top of the, the wall so that if he tries and climbs over they'll see him um, they have got a plan to sneak Kemp out by dressing him as a policeman and moving him like out the way and then he can, he can run away on his own uh, so the, the, it's all kind of set up and then someone's like they're standing, I think someone says I heard footsteps outside, soft footsteps like naked feet <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, they're, so basically either like, just they're just uh, what are they doing? Oh, they, yeah, they're standing, and their cat kind of goes on the roof of the on the wall and knocks his suit over on one of the officers who then just freaks out and starts screaming that he's there. So they all think, right, he's here, he's here, he's here. Uh, but obviously he was standing listening to the whole plan beforehand and he just snuck out with Kemp and he's followed Kemp all the way home. Say said he, he would lay on the roof of the car to get that they drove Kemp back to his house in and then uh, speaks to him, like when he's driving the car, says, oh, I'm here, I'm ready to kill you. Uh, and is this, is this, no, when do they stop? He starts pushing people off the cliff, doesn't he? Is that, is that before
0: or after this part? That is that is during the, the, kind of, the train fiasco and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just... <laughs> he oh, just, like, grabs two workers and he's like, oh, over you go. <laughs> <laughs> he just fucks them over.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. So I, I don't just, now, does Kemp get away?
0: No, he kills Kemp.
1: Oh yeah, kills Kemp. Yeah. So then, uh, no, is this like. The, oh yeah, with the wee, there's a wee model car. He sends Kemp's car over the cliff or something. Aye. Yeah. <sighs> um, no, I, I was saying, like, see if you're going out looking for the, the Invisible Man, why, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you just take a knife and just stab in the general area where he was talking?
0: Because what happens if there's more than one Invisible Man? What if there's a couple of Invisible Children running about and you accidentally stab one of them?
1: Well, they deserve it. But,
0: uh, for what?
1: Uh, being wee thieves and
0: perverts. <laughs> How do you know they're being thieves and perverts? What if they're, yeah. they're invisible just because their their home life is terrible? They're going through some of abuse, and the only way to get past it is just to be invisible. They're just sitting in a park, being invisible on a swing, and some guy just comes in, and just starts wildly stabbing there.
1: Don't uh Don't even think that uh, that a mountain lion wouldn't kill you if you get the chance. Hmm? What? I think. <laughs> Yeah, I think instinct yeah <laughs> everybody knows that invisible people are thieves and perverts <laughs>
0: that's, a, that's a sweeping statement there yeah. could be invisible people out there that aren't perverts I just don't believe you it's to say, remember the programme Bernard's Watch yeah did the exact same thing with the same pal and the same hot mum where I thought if I could stop time I'd sneak into that house I'd hide in her cupboard I'd d- Resume time and just watch her getting (laughs) dressed. Yeah. Thank fuck I didn't actually ever (laughs) act on any my my child urges because I would be in jail now.
1: (laughs) But the thing, if you'd been as watched them and never catch you. Although the postman probably come in and say, "Eh, "I'm going to take this watch off you now, Liam, because uh, not using it the way we intended."
0: (laughs) Six nights in a row you've camped out and that woman's covered. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, see, basically he basically kills Kemp, and then he hides out in a barn.
1: Yeah. Now the the farmer then sees him because he can see his breath.
0: Yep. Um, you can see he, he he falls asleep in hay, so you can see the kind of hay going up and down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now is this wait, is this before or after they make the footsteps in the snow? Because I was, that scene where he's making it, I was like, that must have been pretty hard to make the footsteps in the snow. Like, obviously it's just, like, film it, stop it, make the next footstep, film it, stop it, make the next footstep, but like, you need like, I, I, I'm trying to imagine the, the machinery and the, the gadgets, like, to not, you know, to float above the snow to put the footsteps in, you know? I mean, it's probably, it was, it was probably relatively simple if you had the mach- like, machinery, like, a truck, and, like, a ladder or something like to balance yourself out, but it just looks pretty cool because you can see you can see quite a distance on either side where there's no like the person who's making the footstep, isn't making any other footsteps. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah. What they had was a, a kind of little platform that was covered in a fake snow, and they had basically the boot cut out so they would drop it, and then obviously film it, and then they would, they would keep dropping it from this platform. I watched that or heard that in the behind the scenes thing. I still couldn't quite work out though, like where the fuck they were dropping it from. Because surely if they were on that platform, they'd have to drop it. Fuck off. Shoot. Go back onto the platform. So I yeah. didn't quite get that either. Which yeah. for a movie from the '30s, if you're watching it, going, how did they actually manage that? That's yeah. impressive.
1: Yeah, I was yeah, That was quite good. Um, so the so they, they find out that he's in the barn. So they surround him on all sides like a Big circle of polis about this this uh, farmer's barn, and they then set it on fire, yep, <laughs> uh, because you know that's the best way to kill an invisible man. Now, I don't remember what happens. How did they catch him? Because he ends up in hospital.
0: Is it not just because he, he they smoke in the barn? They basically kind of smoke him out, and they get him to the hospital, and that's when he starts. Oh yeah
1: become... yeah yeah yeah. Sorry. I so they smoke him out, and that's when you get the footsteps coming because then he falls into the snow.
0: So and he he's his hope
1: yeah, so he parted, so that so they can see where his body is yeah,
0: All right. And then that's when because he's dying, the 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 drug novocaine. It's not called novocaine. I can't actually <laughs> remember what it's called. <laughs> is getting out of system. So you and another fucking very good scene. It goes from invisible to skull to kind of uh, muscle to actual cording. And that's the first appearance of him in the in the movie and he's now dead yeah
1: that was quite a good scene. Uh, but uh like how do you but that was one before that how do you operate an invisible man i said like, that's surely the most ridiculous part of this movie so far
0: yeah that's true well i suppose if you know he's there you he can still just attach things to his body but yeah you can't you can't operate on him can you
1: <laughs> yeah uh, i do quite like the uh Obviously, they've got like a, a steel wire body, like shape of to put his pajama top on, because it's like his body's there and it's like moving up and down, like he's breathing. And then he's uh, the empty sleeve is like just like <laughs> position, like over the top while while Floris talking to him and greeting him.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> but aye, so it, it is quite good. And obviously, then he dies, and then that's the end. Of it game over. Oh, wait, is is there no like a kind of die? That's the end, isn't
0: it? Yeah, that's it. Done. That's the end of the the Invisible Man. Do you want my final summation? I do want your final summation. Okay. Unless uh, it unless it's going to be negative, then no you can fuck off with it. Well,
1: you are just going to get it anyway. <laughs> uh, I've I've changed my I've changed the review uh thing we know we talked about it before, I started rating things out of five. Yep. So I've started rating things out of five now, right? Just so you know. Okay. Uh so do you know what? I didn't disenjoy this film the way I expected to. I'm glad there was speaking in it for sure. The effects for the time were really well done, and the story was believable, even though it's obviously really unbelievable and impossible. The The science behind it was, I was satisfied with what they, they'd put forward. The acting is bonkers and ham, but it's also delivered well, especially by the Invisible Man and his voiceover. It's very comical, even if it wasn't the tension at, intention at the time, however, you have told me that it was the intention at the time. It does allow it to remain watchable to this day. Uh, well done, Liam, for your first choice of shitey old movies for 2019. You've set the bar high. They better all be as good as this one. Uh, and I gave it four Invisible Swinging Willy's out of five.
0: Fucking yes. Absolute. Oh, <laughs> it, should be, it should be a five, but the fact you gave it a four is incredible. Yeah. Ah, oh, amazing. So, what did you like about what it? Was, what was different about this than... Not Nosferatu, so obviously it's just dialogue, but what... What got you about this one that didn't get you about other black and white or old movies that you, you've watched in the past?
1: I think the uh, I think the pacing was pretty good. Like I mean, one of my comments at the beginning there was that he's already an invisible man when you first see him, but I think that's actually was a good point. Um, it, there wasn't a lot of kind of setting everything up. There wasn't a lot of like, even though he does use dialogue to tell you what's going on in terms of why he's invisible and what it's like to be invisible, it's 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 delivered fast. It's delivered concise. It's so I think. I think that's was kind of one of the issues that, that went well for me. Um, nothing, nothing felt super old-fashioned about it, even though that it was black and white and it was old-fashioned time acting or the rest of it. It, I felt as if it was directed well, and I felt as if it paced well, and obviously the, the, the kind of comical side of it made it enjoyable.
0: Yeah, the, the fact that the, the comical side of it is still funny to like uh, us as kind of. Young guys, young <laughs> young Scottish guys, we are still laughing, talking about the things. Yeah. But, like, I, I think that that's amazing. And there's something about all Universal monster films that I feel it's a kind of a bit like folk feel about Disney. There's a kind of magic to it where you watch it. There's a lot of the same directors, a lot of the same actors, a lot of the concepts are the same. Where it's this kind of invincible monster that is misunderstood but he gets his comeuppance at the end and Ibti turns against him. This, kind of, you could take from The Invisible Man, a bit of social commentary where celebrities could probably feel now, where he just wanted to be left alone. He wanted to be by himself to try and find the solution to this thing that he was working on, but they kept prying on him, they kept trying to come in, they kept trying to wind him up to the point that it then drives him mad. That still stands today, where you can go, you're... People are fucking peering your Facebook, their Instagram. You, you never get a break, especially as a celebrity, and it can drive you fucking mental. I think with mean, Universal Monsters, a lot of that stuff, it, it, it can still resonate today, and I think that's why all these movies hold up. I think that's why I, I've always felt a kind of a closeness to them because no matter how you're feeling or that, you you can still compare your feelings to these characters, these misunderstood monsters. And also, they're just fucking good fun. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and Interesting as well, the Carol Emily, the senior, where the guy, basically, the guy developed the makeup for Frankenstein. Uh, it was a guy called Jack Pierce. He did the so he did the mummy makeup. He did Frankenstein's makeup. He didn't really do the Invisible Man because there is no makeup in the Invisible Man, so to speak. But he in the kind of. He was like thirty five, thirty six. He was the coach of the Universal basketball team, and they were invited to the Olympics, where, which was obviously in Germany. And Carol Lemley, who was Jewish, said he wanted the MD who for Universal to boycott the Olympics, not to go because it was obviously run there was a country run by the Nazi Party. So Jack Pearson didn't go, but seven of the other folk went. They actually won like the gold medal. But then he never worked for Universal again. And there's lots of stories like that. The same about the golden the kind of golden age of Hollywood. There's a lot of stories that go about that I think just are so fucking fascinating because like think about that, like these guys were making movies and then were telling their, their actors well, don't go to the Olympics because it's fucking Hitler. And that, I I, just, I find that so fascinating. Yeah. Hopefully you do too. Especially yes. now that you've enjoyed the Invisible Man.
1: Yes, I did enjoy it. So thank you for forcing me to watch it.
0: Would you now, whether I pick them or not, would you go back and work your way through the Universal Monsters?
1: I'm. Um, I think I will. I think I'll watch that whole box set because you've not necessarily picked. Uh, you're not. You're not going through that box set in order. Uh, so far as as far as I know with your picks and what I know is coming up. So I might. I might actually go back when I've got some time and just stick another one of them in, like on a Sunday afternoon or something. See how it goes.
0: Do you think you would go back and actually just watch them in the order they were released, or do you want a recommendation, another one that I think you would like before the other ones?
1: Um, well, yeah, because if if there's more, if there's a couple that I like uh, more than others, then I'm more inclined to like them all. If I if I get a couple of them on board, if I get on board with a couple of them first before, because if I see a crap one, I'll be like, nah, they're all shite.
0: Then watch Bride of Frankenstein. Then you watch Frankenstein first. No. Everyone, everyone who says they're a horror fan should already have seen Frankenstein and Dracula, but I'll let you away with it. <laughs> but the Bride of Frankenstein, and very similar to the Invisible Man, where there's some quirky, dark humour, also directed by James Whale. There's some quirky, dark humour, and it works. And it's really kind of perceived as the best of the Universal Monsters. I don't think so, but it's the fucking amazing film. So if you were going to go next, you can go to Bride of Frankenstein, and then if you enjoy that, go back and just do a run through them all.
1: Okay, I will can try we? that. I will try
0: that. Yes. So I'm so fucking happy, man, that you gave it four for <laughs> all for all the times you wind me up. The fucking Ready Player One on your list. <laughs> this it seems. Like our friendship's actually kinda worth it just now. Just for that this little moment that I feel a closeness to you because you've rated it four out of five. <laughs> that we might never get this again, so we should soak it up. I I, I appreciate our friendship right now, Scott. I yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to fuck it up because it's your pick next week and you're going to pick something that's absolute dog shite.
1: Hey, okay, well you never know, maybe I pick something that's a modern masterpiece.
0: Doubtful. <laughs> doubtful uh, so that was The Invisible Man uh, I am giddy I have a full chubby about you rating <laughs> this a 4 out of 5 uh, so we're going to take a short break and then we'll be back to close out right, the show I
2: see before you go um, what we'll do is uh, fucking Liam's been nipping my head about this this audio clip you know the one that we promised him back in December oh, he's been nipping my head about sending them nudes but it's no fucking happening <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's a persistent little bastard. Um, but what we'll do is we'll record. I, I don't even. I think it's like a fluff piece or one. I think it's like a. Yeah, we listen to Scott and Liam all the time. I listen to it while I'm at work drinking my coffee. Uh, that sort of thing. So it's, it's going to be a tough slog, but we'll, we'll just. I don't know. I don't know. I think the best thing to do is we just like get all the fucking anger about them. I had to spend the whole weekend with them and they're dull as fuck. Uh, so we'll see, have, you know, uh, have you noticed how Scott looks like the Chandler in Friends when it was the alternate reality <laughs> check it out Scott from Scott and Liam yeah he, he could he could easily uh, yeah the only way he could get more ridiculous is by having a flock of seagulls here. and he's not far off it I think he thinks he's a lost boy but yeah what we'll do is uh, don't worry about this like, we'll, we'll need to think of something nice to say about him I'll cut out all this negative shit so they'll never hear it and they'll just well, get let, the let's stuff. just no mention Liam's trousers then if we're going to be nice about it let's not fucking bring up his trousers man the, 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 he likes a tight pair of trousers I think his body paint most of the time I do and I think he just tucks his junk up <laughs> <You're> fucking wrong <laughs> buffalo bills he's it a, he's a, he does he buffalo bills it man <laughs> oh fuck me oh fuck me hard he does, he does sound a bit like that as well Just like a, he's a Glaswegian buffalo bill um, he, he has, I don't know if he has He has a cat though And not a dog But I get the feeling He probably runs by And they're going Precious like that. I get that feeling He's not even for Glasgow either He's for fucking Hamilton man It's like a poor man's Glasgow <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Hamilton is Glasgow for minx <laughs> It's true Says it on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, they're a show that clearly they they claimed they'd never heard of the podcast Under the Stairs, but they're a show that obviously had heard podcasts Under the Stairs, had heard Baz V Horror, and decided that they'd steal the name, steal the idea, and uh, and then try and pass it off as their own. I mean, that's yeah. not cool. Yeah poor uh, man's Gill and Roscoe do you know what I mean uh, poor man's Gill and Roscoe <laughs> yeah oh I remember Gillan and Roscoe guys. Uh, without without the 80s credibility without any credibility I can give them the 80s credibility indeed and they're like indeed. fucking what are they like? I think they have a collective age of about 10 maybe if that possibly I don't know. possibly yeah. I don't know yeah. I suppose we need to say something nice about them it's alright though Aye, I'm, I'm, I'm really fucking bored talking about these cunts now let's just fucking do something let's just yeah. say something about them it's cool, it's cool I'm going to delete all this bit out we don't need to worry and what they'll get is the nice bit so uh, we'll yeah, record yeah yeah <laughs> we'll record that in pair up pricks <laughs> we'll record it in three two one Hi, this is the Baz from the podcast Under the Stairs and I like to listen to Scott and Liam versus Evil when I'm at the gym. Those guys are great.
1: So, have you been watching anything else then? I
0: have. I went to see The Favourite, which was the director of Killing a Sacred Deer. That one from your list last year that you never watched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and The Lobster. I wasn't keen on it. No? No. Good movie. Like, technically really good. Acted brilliantly, but the story I just, it wasn't in my cup of tea I, I, I kind of left it a bit meh, nah, 3 out of 5 is it, a,
1: is it like a horror film or is it a dark no, film? No, it's
0: it's basically a story about it's kind of 3 women one, Olivia Coleman is yep. the queen, Rachel Wise is a, a kind of a like, handmade type, basically the one who's actually running the country, because the queen's a kind of a clusterfuck and then Emma Stone comes in and it's basically her and Rachel Wise's kind of rivalry to be the favourite for the Queen right and there's some funny bits in it and stuff but it just it's kind of Edward it's not Edward it is Edwardian that kind of style and I've never liked that I don't like it in paintings I don't like it in programmes I don't like it in movies so I think it just it fell flat for me
1: alright the way that the way that you call me a black and white racist you're a period drama racist
0: yes Okay. For Edwardian period dramas, yes. Okay. I'm an Ed- Edwardianist, anti edwardianist Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also went to see One Cut of the Dead, uh-huh. which was fucking amazing. Right. Uh, I actually bumped into Duncan from Podcast <laughs> Under the Stairs, and I fell asleep 20 minutes in, but it's only because the screen was tiny, I was like fucking three foot from it, I was warm as shit. And the camera was moving about too much. I was like, oh, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to have to fall asleep. So I fell asleep. So I woke up 10 minutes later and I was like, oh, I have no idea what's fucking going on. Everybody was laughing at some bit. I was like, oh shit. I wonder what happened there. And then I get straight back into it and I loved it. So 5 out of 5 for me, but I need to watch well. it again to see the, those that the 10 minutes that, uh, that I missed by sleeping. Yeah. Uh, other than that, just... Dicking through Netflix and try to find some good things. What about
1: you? Uh, I've watched a couple of films. I watched a couple of things on. Um, I finally watched the Attack of the Adult Babies. Right. A film made by think? Dominic McBurney. I it was it was okay. It was better than I thought it was going to be because the premise. What I seen, what I heard them talking about it last year at Fright Fest, and what I, kind of clips and whatnot I'd seen, I thought this is just going to be really immature. I'm not going to get the grips of this, but it was on Horror Channel. So I watched it, and it, it it had more of a story than I thought it would, that it, it was going to have. So it was easier to follow, and it was easier to get like on board with it. And then towards the end, some of the explanations of what these rich old men were doing and why they've always done it, I kind of got a feeling of uh, it was kind of like Dominic Brunt's take on the film society. I thought, right, okay, can, can I, see? I probably won't watch it again. It's it is quite immature and the shit cannon and all the rest of it. it was a bit gross out humor, um, but it was better than expected.
0: Uh, the
1: society kind of comparison is actually quite interesting I never thought about that uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. Um, the now what else have I watched I watched a film called uh, When Angels Sleep I think it's a Spanish film it's on Netflix uh, it's uh, it's kind of alright it's quite annoying to be honest with you um, in fact it's very annoying in the middle there's, there's, it's some daft cat and mouse game about a guy who accidentally runs somebody over and then the lassie thinks that he meant today he's trying to help her he's running chasing after her through the woods saying i don't want to hurt you she thinks that he is trying to hurt her and it's just like well people just stop running and just fucking speak to each other because this movie does not need to exist but um, <laughs> ugh, it's it was it was all right but what i started watching which is not horror but i'm fully into it, is i started watching brooklyn 99 yep. my sister's been telling me to watch it for ages and i'm like i i'm not interested i've watched a bit yet i don't get it andy sandberg's funny but he's lonely island band i'm like Three songs are funny, the rest of them I don't think are funny, so I'm like, I probably feel the same way with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but I thought, I'll get a go, and I'm hooked on it, I think it's brilliant, I think it's hilarious.
0: It's so good. <laughs> it is so good.
1: Yeah.
0: What series are you on?
1: Uh, two, I'm at season two, episode three or four, I think, just now.
0: It's much like the the US office mm-hmm. for me, where I see if I'm feeling shit, or just like in a bad day, or just kind of won't, like, so I'm... Comforting and funny. Yeah, it would be The Office or Brooklyn Nine Nine. I would put on just that. Yeah. Th- or it's always sunny in Philadelphia, to be honest. Yeah, uh, it's just e- each episode gets funnier. Even the more like the more you watch it, it's still funny. The, the characters are so good. See, uh, what's his face? His sidekick, who's also in role models. Uh, t- uh Charles Julie Trigg. He's he's outstanding. He's hilarious in every scene he's in. Everything yeah. he says is fucking hilarious.
1: Aye, I do I do quite like it. I think it's in the uh, the secretary lassie. Eh, uh, Chelsea. Eh, hey, right. she's, you
0: know she's married to? Who? Jordan Peele. Oh, really? Yep. So there you go. Well, there I go indeed. <laughs> so yeah, that's us. Like that's been episode eighty four for the first time in a long time I have finished an episode actually not hating every <laughs> part every part of your being every part of your soul uh, every memory that we share as friends yeah uh, now you know ex- what
1: to do to, to achieve that so stop picking straight films and you'll always finish
0: on <laughs> sh- 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 a <laughs> I won't <will> murder you <laughs> that's it the, wa- the warmth has gone <laughs> back to thinking you're a scumbag <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so thanks everybody for listening Thanks for joining in. This is now the first proper episode of 2019. This is now where it's back to my pick, then Scott's pick, then my pick, then Scott's pick, and then eventually we'll give it back to the group who will pick a Lindsay Lohan film fuck it all up for us again. Uh, so, yeah, tell Ibti where they can find us, if you will.
1: You can find us online. I
0: do? That's it. <laughs> www.scotlandvsevil.com Everything's there. Uh, Our Facebook group link, our Instagram link, uh, our Twitter link, our SoundCloud link, our iTunes link.
1: Yeah, we're on Google link now as well, our Google podcasts, apparently. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I don't know how that's happened. I take it as an automated thing? Yeah, though
1: I think that just happens when you're you're that good. (laughs) You get picked up.
0: Yeah, man, let's keep thinking that. (laughs) If you're on the website on your phone, if you don't see any kind of menu, just turn your phone Horizontal and it'll be there. I think it's it's a problem with the site, but I don't know how to fix it. So until I do, just turn your phone sideways and then you can see the little icons for Instagram and stuff. Cool. Cool. Happy? You know you're not, not going to change your four to a five. No, Definitely no, happy. No, no, I'm happy. I'm happy. Right. Cool. Then we'll see you guys next week for episode eighty-five. Bye.
2: I'm the invisible man. I'm the invisible man. Incredible how you can see right through me.
0: I'm the invisible man, incredible how you can
2: see right through me. I'm the invisible man, I'm the invisible man, it's criminal how you can.